Chapter One, Section Seven of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter One, Section Seven Divination, Omens, Oracles let us take first a question which much exercised the greek mind the difficulty of forecasting the future clearly the notion that the world was controlled by a crowd of capricious deities swayed by human passions and desires was incompatible with the idea of fixed law but on the other hand it made it possible to suppose that some intimation might be had from the gods either directly or symbolically of what their intentions and purposes really were and on this hypothesis we find developed quite early in greek history a complex art of divining the future by signs the flight of birds and other phenomena of the heavens events encountered on the road the speech of passers-by or most important of all the appearance of the entrails of the victims sacrificed were supposed to indicate the probable course of events and this art already mature in the time of the homeric poems we find flourishing throughout the historic age nothing could better indicate its prevalence and its scope than the following passage from aristophanes where he ridicules the readiness of his contemporaries to see in everything an omen or as he puts it punning on the greek word bird on us you depend sings his chorus of birds on us you depend and to us you repair for counsel and aid when a marriage is made a purchase a bargain a venture in trade unlucky or lucky whatever has struck ye an ox or an ass that may happen to pass a voice in the street or a slave that you meet a name or a word by chance overheard you deem it an omen and call it a bird aristophanes of course is jesting but how serious and important this art of divination must have appeared even to the most cultivated athenians may be gathered from a passage of the tragedian aeschylus where he mentions it as one of the benefits conferred by prometheus on mankind and puts it on a level with the arts of building metal-making sailing and the like and the sciences of arithmetic and astronomy and if any one were dissatisfied with this method of interpretation by signs he had a director means of approaching the gods he could visit one of the oracles 
and consult the deity at first hand about his most trivial and personal family affairs some of the questions put to the oracle at dodona have been preserved to us and very curious they are who stole my cushions and pillow asks one bereaved householder another wants to know whether it will pay him to buy a certain house and farm another whether sheep farming is a good investment clearly the god was not above being consulted on the meanest affairs and his easy accessibility must have been some compensation for his probable caprice nor must it be supposed that this phase of the greek religion was a superstition confined to individuals on the contrary it was fully recognized by the state no important public act could be undertaken without a previous consultation of omens more than once in the clearest and most brilliant period of the greek civilization we hear of military expeditions being abandoned because the sacrifices were unfavourable and at the time of the persian invasion at the most critical moment of the history of greece the lacedaemonians we are told came too late to be present at the battle of marathon because they thought it unlucky to start until the moon was full in all this we have a suggestion of the sort of relation in which the greek conceived himself to stand to the gods it is a relation as we said external and mechanical the gods were superior beings who knew it might be presumed what was going to happen man didn't know but perhaps he could find out how could he find out that was the problem and it was answered in the way we have seen there was no question clearly of a spiritual relation all is external and a similar externality pervades on the whole the greek view of sacrifice and of sin let us now turn to consider this point end of chapter one section seven recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey